the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Back with you on the Tuesday, Dave Ellswick Show. Yesterday was a good show. We had a good one. Have a good one today lined up for you. Kim Slaughter is going to be here at 9 o'clock. We'll talk to her. She's running for office. See what she has to say. Uh, they got the Bible guy. Not guys. Guy. You know, Scott had his surgery yesterday. Uh, he is doing well. He is recovering. He'll be back with us in a week. And... Uh, Steve had to work today, so he won't be here. So just Scott, uh, just Billy and I will do uh, the Bible Guy segment. And then sitting right across from me is Missy. She's here. Uh, Simone's not here. She's been on a trip. She'll be back next Tuesday as well. So, you know, it's getting close to that time of uh, of summer. Uh, in fact, if you were out yesterday, it felt like a little bit of summer it yesterday. Did. It's supposed to be even hotter today. I'm all about it. Uh, I can't put anything on my deck yet because I'm making some repairs to it, but I'm going to lay some stuff on the, the patio nearest the French doors in the back of the house and lay out in the sun a little bit today. Five minutes at the most. <laughs> I don't want to come in looking like a lobster tomorrow. Done, that I don't want to do, uh, and I've done that before. Worst sunburn I ever had. Senior year in high school, had graduated. Uh, we had our senior party. We were out at Warren Dunes, which is up just past the indiana border into michigan on lake michigan and uh, for whatever reason the dunes there unlike the indiana dunes which is kind of that that yellow sand oh, that yeah. you're used to looking at yep. uh is white oh. white sand so it's really really pretty something like you'd see if, if you were over there in florida and uh went out and uh just had my cutoffs on and I, had, I remember I was wearing a, a pair of blue sunglasses, which <laughs> negates the color red. Yes. I found out. And negates the color red. So I was out, you know, running around playing Frisbee all day and everything. And we, we started coming home. And it was like I, I'm talking to the folks in the car. I'm going, man, the air conditioning is not working in the car. It is burning up in here. And I had that air conditioner all the way up and it was like that old newport my dad had that air conditioner was so good you know it, it dropped the temperature 30 degrees inside the car and blow ice out of it and uh, i was feeling like i was burning up and i got home and i walked in the door and my mother saw me and all she said was oh my god <laughs> that was her exact words to me and i said uh, what she says go to the bathroom and i went no into the bathroom idea. man I was radioactive red. 
you know, just and then you can't sit away. because everything. Yeah, hurts. well, it didn't hurt at the moment. It, it really wasn't bothering me, but I di- I could feel the heat. You know, Radiating. I could feel it on mm-hmm. me. And uh, that night, went to a couple open houses for other guys that were graduating, sitting around, and myself and other members of the people that went to the beach with me had ice cubes and we were putting them on our thighs and seeing who could melt the ice cube the fastest. Oh my gosh. And then the next morning, my alarm went off at 5.30 in the morning. I had to be at work at 8 o'clock and I had to go work at the steel mill. Oh. And I could hardly move then. It was it was painful to move. And I got out there and they gave me where I needed to go to work and I got stuck in the number one open hearth. And it is hotter Hot. than blazes in that open hearth. And I blistered terribly and I peeled terribly. People, Heidi, in, down the streets of Chicago, they'd see me walking. they go, unclean, unclean. <laughs> they like see that thought I was a leper or something. You know, it was oh funny. Oh, my gosh. That's the worst. <laughs> I've never gotten burned like that again. I, you learned little, your lesson. A little bit more cognizant about staying yes. out in the in the sun missy's here today she's got some exciting news she's going to share with us yes you have a new book being published it is published already it's available for um purchase on westbow.com cool if you go to the bookstore um it's not available anywhere else yet and it's called crushed not broken and it's about our um, experience when our daughter got sick she went from being a completely healthy kid um, all of a sudden, it just broke went sideways. Nope, she broke her arm. She was playing on the monkey bars. Okay. And um, we were down in New Orleans. We were living in Virginia at the time. And uh, we were there for family vacation for Easter. And she broke her arm. We didn't know it. It was a little buckle fracture. So we had a nurse look at it. And they're like, oh, I don't think it's broken. But she kept moaning for a couple of days. She uh-huh. had a fever in the middle of the night, which was weird. And uh, we took her in, and it was a buckle fracture. And within four days, she had this crazy look in her eye all of a sudden, threw up. And I thought, well, man, we need to get home. Maybe she had a concussion. Mm-hmm. They did a concussion workup, you know, with the eyes and have right. her look and nothing. They didn't do an MRI, but they did do a workup. Every day after then, she started having headaches and then randomly throwing up. Had her worked up again for a concussion. Still did not do an MRI. And within three months, we had military doctors, you know. Yeah. It takes a while to get in. And so... um we had an appointment set up. They just didn't know it was wrong with her. They just didn't want to put her in an MRI. I don't know why. So you but... had to see the flight surgeon. So you're waiting no, no, to no. get there, no? No, thank God. We were, um, my husband was at that point medical. Oh, okay. So we were seeing regular doctors. Okay, that's but good. it was a pediatrician, you know, they still see him. And um, within three months, she, she, we were out swimming, coincidentally, and um, her and her brother were fighting over an inner tube, and she bonked her head on the side of the pool. Nothing big. He apologized. She was like, oh, I'm fine. There wasn't even a bump. And all of a sudden, she looked at me with these wild eyes, got out of the pool, and she didn't know where she was at. So I swam across the pool, found her in the bathroom, and she was having a seizure and a stroke. Oh, my. Yeah. And so um, at that point, we called 911, and for about a year and a half, she was undiagnosed. A year and a half because um, her brain was inflamed, full of inflammation. But there was no markers in her blood or her spinal fluid that showed any inflammation. She so looks perfect. No, no, no uh, bacteria. No, no bacteria. No virus. Nothing. And, wow. Um, 
And so they just kept treating her as it was an acute demyelinating encephalomitis, which is what happens um, after vaccine injuries. You know, they'll talk about the brain becoming inflamed after right. certain ish- or even if you got measles, sometimes it can make you sick in the brain. And so um, for a year and a half in Virginia, they did genetic testing. Nothing showed up, common markers for diseases, and um, she just started deteriorating so bad, lost all of her ability to walk, to talk at one point. Um, oh, my gosh. And so we just begged to go to Boston. And, you know, at this point, we I would just sit and cry because it was pretty bad. Like, it's at one point, when we got moved from the Children's Hospital in Virginia to the Military Portsmouth Hospital, because they, they were the only one that had a pediatric neurologist in the military, okay? okay? Um, he wasn't equipped for what we were dealing with. And so she just kept declining, and they put her in an old MRI. Couldn't, oh, her brain's the same, no change. And, um, you know, we just sat there and watched her, and finally we just begged to go to, to Boston. And it was by the timing of God that when we got there, Another little girl had just been um, identified with a, this genetic disease that's actually, I'm not going to say common, common, because it's not, but it's more common that it attacks your organs when it happens. Okay. It's um, almost like this, the inflammatory disease that they're talking about, this acute inflammatory disease in the body that's happening to people. Um, it would kill you in three days if left undiagnosed because your immune system literally just eats itself. Um but hers was in the brain. And so this other little girl had had it for like four years. And I talk about her in the book as well. Wow. Um, her parents fought for her to get a diagnosis. They finally went to the NIH, National Institute of Health. Right. And they, by the grace of God, had just been to a symposium that another child was diagnosed in Russia or German Germany. Um, and so they brought that back. And it's called, um, hemo, it's HLH. And I'm going to say it for everybody, but it's hemophagocytic lymphohistiocytosis. So what happens is your immune system Sounds just, like a song out of Mary Poppins. Right, and lympho, everyone always thinks it's cancer, and some can be diagnosed, not this one, but there's also an HLH, which it, it's not HLH, but it's HLA, and it attacks your bones. And so it's almost like a cancer of the bones, but it's wow. your immune system. And, it, and this started just from her having yep. a small... They did studies on her because most of this, when you're born with a genetic disease, usually it turns on a lot of these babies do die upon, if they're not found right when they're birthed, you know, like right identified, they will die. And so they kind of did a study on why these kids that have it in their brain, they're not activating it until they're six or seven. Um, A lot of kids were diagnosed at 11 and 12 after Emmy. And the other girl's name was Emmy as well who had it. But, um... The cure came, and it was in the form of a bone marrow transplant. And through the entire experience, um, we watched our daughter almost be killed by medicine. She had a reaction to sedation that nobody caught, and they just kept giving her the sedation at Boston Children's, and she looked like the exorcist for about four months. Her body was flailing, her tongue was lagging, her back was arching. Um, And a lot of that was also due to the medicine that they tried to give her, to overcome what they call dystonia and the medicine they gave her was frying her brain and that was causing these movements. Oh my Lord. So we almost lost her to her immune system, but then to this medicine and that's where God came in because we knew what the disease was at that point. 
I didn't want her to have a bone marrow transplant because of what was happening from the medicine. Well, yeah. And I just kept saying, God, you've got to tell me what happened. And he kept telling me from the moment she woke up with these spasms, Missy, you know these things only come out by prayer and fasting. And that was the whole thing that happened. And I said, God, I know she's not possessed. Do you yeah, know what verse right. it is? The guy was throwing himself in the fire yeah. and, and the apostles couldn't cast out the demon or he might have had epilepsy. You know, they talk about it. But I kept arguing with God for 35 days. And every morning I would wake up and he would say, Missy, you know, these things only come out by prayer and fasting. And I would argue with God. And it was like, I feel so stupid now because by the time all these little things came into play. My husband went back to Virginia. I was in Boston alone and I woke up and someone said, Hey, I'm going to do a, a prayer and fasting. It was the new year. And I was like, well, I guess I'll do it for my daughter. You know, God keeps hinting that I need to fast. I've never fasted in my entire Christian life. Right. right. And, um, within fasting, I fasted for one day and just prayed all day long. Cause at this point she was intubated. They intubated her multiple times to, uh, try to calm her brain down like an epileptic. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it was the sedation making her brain like that, so it never calmed her. She was waking up in the middle of sedation. She was oh spasming. Oh, gosh, it was just horrible. But within three days of me fasting, um, new information was uncovered because I was very adamant to these doctors. It happened during an angiogram because she was being tested for strokes and all these different yeah. things. And um, they're like, Missy, she's not allergic. Like I said, well, is she allergic to iodine? And I kept saying this and they're like, no, 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 it would be a physical yep. rash. And so um, through the course of all these different things, <coughs> one doctor came in and said, you know what? Go call Virginia. She could have had an acute dystonic reaction. And that were the three words I needed. And right when it said it, the doctor said it, God said, go look it up. And Boom. The first study that came up on a medical journal was exactly what she was experiencing from a sedation called propofol. Okay. And the name of the book is? Crushed but not broken. All right. We'll talk more about it. Missy Bosch is here with me in the studio on the Dave Ellswick Show right here at 101.1 FM, The uh, Answer. Don't forget about ICU protection. I uh, am an ICU customer have been now for a couple of weeks. They came out and put the system into my house. Uh, every system is different. It depends on what kind of security system that you want. I have two cameras at my house now. I got one in the uh, the front on the doorbell. That's the big cool thing now. We got the, we got the doorbell camera, and then I have one out on my uh, driveway. And what's so neat about the uh, camera outside if somebody approaches the house or if they come out of the house through the garage door, uh, it whistles at them you know, whoosh, whoosh, like, that. Oh, I like that. And what it does, it makes you, you, you hear it, and it sounds kind of like a, a bird is what it sounds like. And, and you look at it, so it gets a yeah. good picture of your face. Yeah, we have those cameras as well. So, it, you know, it, I, I never thought I'd ever get in my life when my cameras whistled at me, but they do. And uh, they get good good photos of me at that time. But it does that. Uh, it's got uh, the uh, the window and door sensors on every window and door coming into the house, and uh, they're great. It's been it's been wonderful. Uh, the first time we had to arm it, I was a little bit nervous about it because I you know I have I had not come back to the house when it was armed, and it gives you sixty seconds to type in the code before all the the whistles and the bells go off. And it was no big deal. We punched in the code and. Uh, it said, thank you. That was very kind of <laughs> But anyway, does a great job. And Billy Mack 
Uh, here's his his cool thing about what he does for you. Puts all that equipment in your house. It doesn't cost you a penny. You don't pay for any of that equipment. That's all yours. You keep all of that equipment. All you do is pay for the service. And my service is well under a hundred dollars a month. It does, uh, and it does a great job. And everything comes to your smartphone. Everything is saved in the cloud. Um, it, it's just really, really the way you want to go. I mean, that's why I got to think that this is why Nuke One picked Billy Mac and ICU protection for their uh, security and protection they got out at the Nuke reactor. So uh, get the best. Uh, go with Billy Mac at ICU protection. The phone number is 501 205 1333. So let's talk more about uh, your book. The name of it again? Crushed but not broken. Okay, now you got to go where on the internet to get it? Westbowpress.com. Okay. And they have a link for a bookstore. And just type that in. It just got released uh, in the middle of the night while okay. I was sleeping. So you're so, the yeah. first ones to hear about this. Yes. Yes. You know, Nobody's known about, about it, it yet. Um, so, you know, just long story short, uh, after God intervened and we found out that it was the propofol. And do you remember what propofol is? That's what Michael Jackson died from. Yeah. From too much of it. Um, yeah, it's it, actually a very what they, good sedative. That's what they give you when you go in for an operation yes to put you asleep yes and it's an easy recovery so they use it on children a lot but they had given it to her so often and for so long in some of the situations that her brain just was confused so when they tried to intubate her they would push like ketamine and and fentanyl and all these things that you hear about, you know. Ketamine's the worst drug Um, in the world other than fentanyl that's out on she wouldn't even go to sleep they would push it, you Oof. know, because they have to get you to stop breathing to put an intubation yeah. tube in. She would sit right up like she was just electrocuted. It was the craziest thing. So long story short, <sighs> God intervened twice because we got her off the propofol and said, don't use that. Got her off of all sedation. And then while the spasms, I could tell, were not the only thing happening, the whole, um, you know, exorcist movements. Yeah. Um, it, every time they increased this medicine that's for Parkinson's called Artane, um, we would lose a bit of her. So at first it was just spasms from, and she would cry through them and tell us, you know, the last thing she said before she went into the ICU, which is a whole nother thing. We lived in the ICU for 10 months oh. straight in room 30 in Boston Children's Hospital. It was, you know, you talk about psychosis, but um, besides that, the Artane was taking away like we would see her movements change and then the doctor's like no we have to increase this faster and more and we saw her stop crying one day like she just we lost her her eyes were gone and then her tongue started lagging like a dog and i knew it was the artane but everywhere i looked online i couldn't find it all i could find is when you would with you know take it away from someone they have those um you know they have to give you haldol because you get those muscle tightening yeah right um and once again, I fasted and prayed and God said, go look it up. And once more, it was like, um, I always say it's like magical because a new article popped up that said you could get neurolip- neuroleptic malignant syndrome. Essentially, your brain is frying, right? It's just heating itself up. And the minute they started, like I had to fire her neurologist off of her team. I asked for another neurologist, had to fight to get them to listen to me. And once they reduced the first dose she um her tongue went back in her mouth within three hours like it was instant you could tell that it was you know doing it and then the next dose 
her eyes went back to center and she just cried. And so um, getting out of children's, we thought we were in the clear. We, we had our bone marrow transplant. Her big sister was the donor, turned around, and the disease came back because her older sister's and K cells don't work. Oh, we don't know God. why. So, yeah, long story short, she do is that now, again. Yeah, we're here in Arkansas and she is alive and well and physically disabled, you know, and it may be that way forever, but she is just a joy. I got to tell you, the first time I heard Missy talk about this book, this is several months ago, mm-hmm. you told me yep. you're writing the book and you and what had happened. And I, I said it sounded like Lorenzo's oil. Right. You have to see that movie to oh, understand we, what I I'm saying. It, yep. it is it is a stunning movie, and it just uh, it shows the the love of parents can and can help. And we used just about everything when the doctors had her undiagnosed. We used you know oils. We used put her in oxygen tanks. We okay, did I need everything. To hold you okay. Thought now because we're going to take a break All for right. news. Then we'll come back. We'll talk more, Missy Botch, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Stick around. We got a lot more coming. All right, so a lot of you are, you know, waking up, you're turning in the show, you're going to hear more about this book that Missy's got, you're going to hear the news, the news is not good about the stock market, stock market's taking a beating right now, inflation is is giving a beating to your household finances, your 401k, your IRA is all just being crushed under the inflation that we're going through right now, and you're wondering, holy cow. Did I just wake up and Jimmy Carter's president? No, it's not. No, Biden's president. He just, I guess he's got pictures of Carter in his bedroom and gets up in the morning and, and, and worships to the, oh, those pictures. God. But anyway, uh, you know, buy your, you're thinking, should I get some silver or gold? Because that's the big word now, silver and gold, buy silver and gold. Well, buying silver and gold is not as easy as you might think. You, 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 there's some things you got to know about it. There's different ways of buying it, so you need to be educated about what you're doing. And David Lucas can educate you, or as George Bush would say, he can he can educate you. Uh, all you got to do is give him a call at 501-222-3315. 501-222-3315. They work with one, uh, one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country, so you can get direct prices from a dealer you can trust. And they will teach you and help you learn how to buy silver and gold. Again, the number is 501-222-3315. Investment advisory uh, services are offered through David Lucas Financial, which is in Arkansas, registered investment advisor. And he's a good man, and he'll do a good job for you. I've known David now going on two decades. So uh, you know, look to him for the experience that you need when you're going to buy gold and silver. I'll tell you one of the big differences. You got to make up your mind. Do I want to buy gold and silver and just have a certificate? Right. Or do you want to, or do you want the metal? Mm -hmm. You know, I'll just tell you if I'm going to spend as much money as it's going to cost me per ounce of gold, I want it in my hand. Right. And then I want to put it in my safe. That's just, just the way I feel about it. That's how I feel, too. So anyway, but you can get certificates, uh, and it's it's worth whatever the amount of gold is that, that you're buying. Missy Bosch is with us. We've been talking about this new book uh, that is out now, and it's about her battle, her family's battle, uh, her battle for her daughter's life, and um, her husband's battle for his daughter's life. And uh, the story is one that uh, every parent 
can learn from. Because I'm going to tell you what, sometimes, guess what? Doctors ain't right. right. They think they are, but they're not. Right. They're just not right. And uh, not nothing against them. They don't call it practicing medicine for nothing. Exactly. Because they don't know everything. They are not God. They get a God complex sometime, but they're not God. Yeah. And, uh, you you know. We met that a lot in Boston. Yeah. Yeah, there's, they tell you. There's just not room for God I'm a because doctor. there's so many hotheads Listen there. Listen to me. I'm a doctor. Yeah. All right. There's some good ones, but you know, when you have Harvard Medical I understand. bringing in the doctors, they just think they know everything. And now the doctor that identified her disease is an autoimmune uh-huh. doctor for the brain. And, you know, he is a researcher. So he's a neurologist, but he does a lot of research and he um, was very you know, humble and kind. Did you run into many believers in the medical community? A lot. They were mostly residents. Okay. So they weren't going to stay at Children's. You know, they Uh were just there to do the residency. And, you know, it was a little hard because we had gone from Virginia with this wonderful church family, Harvest Fellowship Baptist Church, that took care of us while Amy was sick. They send me to Boston. I kept saying, God, why did you send me to the desert? Because it's so, um, there were not any pastors they were all um, female lesbian chaplains. Okay. It, you know, and I, it, they were great counselors to me, but I didn't go to them for guidance, essentially. You know, our church found a pastor to come in and pray. Our church came up a couple times, but um, it was not a place that you go to find God. Yeah. It's a place where God has to find you because there is nothing. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was in that way, it was very hard, but it built my faith. And then, you know, as this whole process happened and people would, if, if I met an atheist right now, I literally, I just can't imagine ever being an atheist. When you hear God speak to you and he's right yeah, and everybody around you is wrong, you're just like, and everybody thinks you're nuts because you said God spoke to you. Oh yeah. And at one point they didn't listen to me and I said, do I need to strip my clothes off and run around this? I see you naked for you to listen to me. Right. Oh, Missy, 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 we don't need that. Calm down. Calm down. You don't need to do that. But you know, it's just like all these things happen, but the book really ties it back to (coughs) Christians have this preconceived notion that bad things don't happen. Right. You're doing the right thing. It's not true. It's not true at all. And it's not that God's punishing you. Someone gave me a book about um, a pastor wrote that we were sinning or my daughter was sinning. And that's why this was happening. And I just, you know, there's things like that, that Christians were the worst people for me to talk to. I needed someone just to love us and pray for us and not say, oh, well, aren't you doing this or aren't you doing that? Or maybe you should have. No, that's not God. And, you know, through it all. Um, mental illness, we be, we have PTSD horrible. We're just now getting over it. You know, we haven't been in a hospital for how many years and we hear an ambulance and me and my husband could just about crumble like babies on the floor because right. of all the ambulance trips and um, going on an antidepressant, you know, that was like, no, God should heal your depression. Uh, how, you know, like, God gave wrong? somebody the, the ability to yeah. know that that medicine would help and you. And that medicine took away my depression, but my depression would come out as anger. You know, I started hating my daughter. She was taking away my life. She uh-huh. was dying and I couldn't hang out with my other three kids. And, and so I think it's a, it's a book also for parents to read that. Yeah. You might be a caregiver and you can have those emotions. Like you can be angry at your child. There's a, there's a, you know, a healthy way to work through that. But I had to just be raw and open in this book because we, 
we started her Facebook page, and it's called Emerson Bosch, Facebook.com, Emerson Bosch. But we started her Facebook page because we were only supposed to go to Boston for two weeks and have a diagnosis done. Mm-hmm. And what that turned into a three-year tour because the military had to send my husband there because we weren't leaving. And, you know, it was just one of those things that now she has this huge following on Facebook because they saw her dying. You know, every day I would go up there on Facebook and post, and but then they saw the healing come, and then they saw the disease come back. And then they saw how God had used three women, and they called me, like, because before I had gone on medicine, when the disease came back, I just pretty much was like, God, I'm done. I can't do this again. And three women within 24 hours that did not know each other all called me and said, God woke me up. God told me to call you and say, be still and know that he's got this one. And I was like, wasn't he supposed to have the first one? <laughs> you yeah, know, I thought, uh, but you know what? We went in for the second bone marrow transplant. She had 10 perfect matches because we weren't going to use her sister. 10 perfect matches. They got to pick the exact person they wanted. That was the healthiest. Um, a German man. We have already met him via email because, oh, you know, she's cool. two years past the bone marrow transplant date. Um, and we were in and out in 35 days. Like it went perfect. We could not. She didn't you know, get spasms. She didn't get mucositis where she needed to be intubated, which they did, you know, the first time and broke her vocal cord. So she, she breathes like a little bulldog now because it's, it's broken in the closed position. So you hear her when she breathes. Um, but everything just worked out so perfectly that I kept saying, this is how it should have been the first time, you know, like God just like did this for us because I thought that if we had to go through the ICU again, I probably would have just like, just Hold gave it. up, yeah, because that's just too much torture. Okay, so let me let me ask this question. Ask you a real personal question: mm-hmm. How during this time, how much did you beat yourself up? None. You did not. No. That, so, you know that that's unusual for that, somebody well, else, that that situation. At first, the first year and a half, you know, I just I just cried and I kept saying, "My husband and I gave her this disease, and we didn't know it." Right? It was our but it was also a genetic disease that was unknown right. and it's so uncommon. Like it's, there's people like the HLH foundation in Cincinnati. They actually have a hospital specifically for HLH. Um, and they do all of the testing and the chemo and everything that needs to be done. It is such a rare disease that they don't, a lot of people don't even know about it. Like our, our neurologist in Virginia had never heard that it could go in the brain and he was over 60 years old. Like he yeah. was good at his job. And so uh, at first I was like, I just want the entire world to know about this disease. And then after she got better, I did apologize a lot to her. Like I was like, I'm so sorry, dad and I gave you this disease, you know, and it's never was that the thing that beat me up was that I didn't, I didn't push in the beginning in that first three months when she was showing signs to get an MRI. Mm-hmm. But then I look back, I had no medical experience. Now I can read a medical textbook to you up and down. I can read medical journals. I could, I could speak, you know, how many kids you, you talk permit. medicine. Like, now? I talk medicine. I could probably clep the nursing degree. Right. Right. But at the point, my husband's like, why would we have ever thought a broken arm would cause a genetic yeah, you, brain disorder? And so we try, you know, we go back and look, the doctors weren't putting that together. Exactly. All right. And so it, it, it took a lot for us to not, but I was so focused at when we got to Boston of figuring out why she was spasming while ignoring God, telling me what to do. All I had to do was obey God. All mm-hmm. I, I mean that, you know, so many Christians think they have to read their Bible all day long for 24 hours a day and they got to pray, 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 pray. And they got to do all these things. 
just shut up and just God will tell you what to do. And that soon as I submitted to him and I just fasted for one day, which I didn't even make it a full 24 hour. I was frail. I had lost 20 pounds. We weren't eating. My husband and I were wrestling her body 24 hours a day on the right. bed because she didn't sleep. Um, so by the time that I did fast, I made it like 20 hours. And I was like, God, I'm so sorry. I can't go any longer without eating. You know, I was just dying of starvation. Right. But that's all it took. And it was just like, boo, my ears must have opened up to the code word of, you know, dystonia and the website. I, it was just so many things that God had to orchestrate it, if that, if that makes sense to you. Because it was just nobody else could figure out what was going on. And the world's best doctors there at Children's were like, we have never heard of a case of propofol causing acute dystonic reaction. So then they went and they did a whole training session with their ICU doctors to teach them that this can be a, a you know something that happens. Well, it was, I'm sure written up in the medical journals as well. So yeah, she has um, a lot of case studies done on her. You know, as patient number four, she didn't do as well as the others, um, and she didn't because she was being killed by medicine while yeah. we were going through this. But if she would have had an MRI before she had that first grand mal seizure, um, a lot of brain damage would have been not had because they would have instantly given her steroids. And steroids is one thing that can, you know, alter your immune system from continuously attacking. And that was the only thing for a year and a half that helped her. She would have a a new lesion form. She would start throwing up, go into a seizure. They would give her a whole bag of, like, high-dose steroids, and she'd be good for a little bit. And then it would come back, and they'd give her another dose. And she was almost killed during um, plasma phoresis. They screwed that up. They drained her body of blood because they had the computations wrong. I mean... I felt like Satan. If you ever watched that movie, um, what's it called? Final Destination, yeah. where these people are going to die. Yeah, I I lay it out in my book. From the moment she was born, I almost fell on my stomach when I was eight months pregnant because of an oil slick in the middle of the road that nobody else saw. I fell down on it and I caught myself all the way to we were in Hawaii and she ran through traffic and a car, boom boom, missed her by hair. You know, like. She almost drowned in an ocean while we were there, and her brother saved her, like grabbed her out of the, this wave came out of nowhere. Just these little things throughout her entire life, she has always been that child that was almost, almost killed. And so I kept saying, I know that God has a purpose for her life, and I'm going to fight for her. And so I just prayed. Like, I have never prayed so hard in my life, and, you know, people surrounded her with prayer, but I just knew that, that this wasn't just, oh, you sinned. She's going to die. Sorry. Yeah. God's not going to heal her. Ain't the way it works. I just feel like God already has the answer. He knows everything. And if we just search for it, he'll give us the answer to what's going on. All right. We got one more section that we want to do with Missy. Yes. And we got to take a break. Again, the name of the book is? Crushed, but not broken. And go where? Westbowpress.com and go to the bookstore and just put in the keyword crushed and it'll pop right up and you can order it only on westbowpress.com. If you don't want to read it, maybe you know somebody in your, uh, you know, life or people that you know that could use some uplifting. Yeah. This book will do that for them. All right. We got more. We got to finish up here in just a moment about uh, about the book here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, Bible guys, real, just a Bible guy. Billy's going to be here today because <laughs> Steve is working. Scott is recovering. So Billy is on his own. I want to talk to him about First uh, John today. I'm going to spend a little time on that. And for uh, you who like, uh, you know, greasy grace, as I like to call it, you know, 
that uh, the commandments don't matter anymore. We're going to talk a little bit about what what John said about that, and it ain't what you think. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it ain't what you think. All right, East End Towing wants you to know, uh, you know, they are members of the Arkansas Towing Recovery Board. They are licensed. They're insured. Uh, they have all their trucks permitted here in the state to do the business they do. They got like more tow trucks than anybody else. They're amazing. Uh, they know that whatever situation you get into, they've got an answer for it and they will handle it for you. All you have to do is call them 501-888-8849. It's 501-888-8849. Back with you. Uh, again, I, I've got Missy. Missy comes on all the time and we talk about education a lot here on the show. And uh, we're going to do that again some more because I'm I'm feeling positive that in the next general session next year, we have enough serious Republicans that we just may be able to break through the uh, school superintendents and the uh, the union and get something written up so that the money that is spent on your children's education follows them to whatever yes. school they want to go to. I think to. that's the only thing that's going to change that's Arkansas only, far schools. As I, that's the only thing you can save public education yep. as we know it. Yep. I, be, I believe that It'll now. be competition amongst the, their cities, right? Because now they're going to be fighting. Hey, we need a better curriculum. We got to get better teachers. We got to pay them better. Because these kids are pulling them out and sending them to a private school that they're only yeah, getting $7,000. Yeah, we got to get away from $1. teaching them this kind of BS Crap. that we've been oh, doing. man. And yeah. start really teaching them. I mean, you look, I know that everybody talks about, look, I'm from Cabot. Everybody talks about how good school is and, and all that. it was number one at one yeah, point. Take a good look at their statistics yep. now. And don't. Don't compare them to other Arkansas schools. No. Compare them nationally. Yeah. And it is not pretty. No. I'm sorry. It's just not pretty. No. And there's a whole website. I, I think this, it's the I NWEA. I like a lot of the teachers. Yes. Uh, I, there's some teachers I don't like, but most of the teachers, I'm very, very cognizant that they're trying to do a good job. But I'm, I'm going to speak a word of truth here. There's going to come a time you're going to have to, you're going to, have to make a choice. Yep. Are you going to listen to, you know, quote, big brother who's telling you what to teach or are you going to teach the truth? Right. That's what it's coming down to. So let's finish up, um, Missy, talking about this book because it's so important. Uh, this book is. Again, we looked up Lorenzo's Oil and uh, yes. Susan Sar- uh, Sarandon, Sarandon was the mom and uh, Nick Nolte was the father. It's based on a true story. I think somebody's going to end up picking up this book. I think somebody's going to make this into a movie. I oh, really do believe they, it. At one point, I thought they could make this into a horror flick because it was well, see, this is the so kind, graphic. This is the kind of movie that some of these companies, Pure Flicks or whoever it is that's out there, should do to show... What a real Christian goes through. They go through the exact same things right. a non-believer goes through many right. times. It's just that we have a, a, a completely different perspective. And that's, I think, what saved me is that in the end, if my daughter would have died, because I did pray that she would die at one point. I said, God, just take her. You cannot let her suffer anymore. This, mm-hmm. if, if, you know, because I he told me the that. answer 
But it was months before the spasms went away. It was months for the healing. And I kept saying, at one point, I just, I humbled myself and I said, God, she's yours. She's yours and whatever you want to do with her, but don't torture her. And it was like the minute I gave control up to him, it just laid out. Isn't, like perfectly. isn't it amazing how much yeah. the, 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 the pressure and yeah. the heaviness okay, God, of, on yourself. You. Yes, because I thought gone. it was me. Yeah. I thought I had to pray more. I thought I had to, you know, lay my hands on her. And I thought I had to do all these different things. And I realized, no. You don't have the power. It's God who does yeah. it. Yes. And that's, you don't have the power. You know, and I think a lot of people, a lot of Christians are being taught that if you don't get healing right away, then you don't have enough faith. And if you don't, if you go on medicine, that you are going against God and his miraculous healing. And these people are, you know, so misguided when... God, I was against chemo. I thought, why would you feel? But my daughter had to do high dose of chemo to kill the bone marrow to accept yep. the healing bone marrow. Mm-hmm. You know, just like out of death brings life. And and I really feel like a lot of people have to stop. And if God, you know, brings you to it, you need to obey and just do what he says. What's, uh, what's the old hymn to him? Trust and obey. Yeah, trust and obey. There's no other way. <laughs> That's just the way it is. It is. It and is. It, it, it works out every time. Like, you know, and if she would not be here right now, I know that my faith in God would still be just as strong as it is because of what we went through. So, yeah. I appreciate you coming in today. Yes. Uh, this, Thank you for having me. This is me. not easy for her to relive all of no. this. No. It took me two, three years to write because I couldn't review what I wrote. I had to have three different people edit it for me because mm-hmm. I could not reread a paragraph before because it was so traumatic for me. Crushed but not broken? Yep. And the name of the publisher again? Westbow Press. The Christian, um, they're under Zondervan. Okay. Yep. Go there. Order the book. Yep. Get it for yourself. Get a copy for a friend that needs it. And uh, share it with people. Thanks, Missy, for Thank coming in. Thank you for in. having me today. Let's take a break. We'll come back. we got Billy. going to be with us. Bible guy today on the Dave Ellswick Show. to do my uh, Jack Nicholson here. I'm back. You know, from The Shining. I love doing that. Anyway, good to be back with you. Nine o'clock hour here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. We got a couple of candidates in with us uh, for this hour. A lot of people calling me now wanting to get on, and I'll get as many people on as I can. You call, we get you on. I mean, uh, if Chris Jones wants to call and he wants to come on, I'll even have him on. You know, he's running for governor on the Democrat side. I got to tell you, we had him on uh, on sign-up day, and uh, uh, smart guy. 
Why he wants to be a Democrat, I'll never know. It's just, (laughs) (laughs) what can I say? I mean, sorry, Chris, just a little fun with you on that. All right, Kim Slaughter is here, and uh, Mark Lowry is here. Mark is running for treasurer. Kim is running over uh, in the House District 56, and uh, both of them have uh, opponents during the the primary, and uh, we're going to talk to them about what they see that they want to do if they are uh, if they if either one of them wins their 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 primary they're going to get elected to the house or to the treasurer's office i don't see a democrat standing out there that's going to take either of that away from either of you at all the democrats have such a thin bench that uh, their butt hurts when they sit on it because it's so thin (laughs) it really it really is i mean i can't for me to sit here today and talk about when i came on in 2000 and we had four republicans in the house and one so-called republican in the senate it, it amazes me to look at the legislature today and look at the way uh, arkansas looks today i mean it's not just red folks yeah. it's blood red now we really turned it around it's it has been turned around mm-hmm. completely 2010 was the big the big turning point and then after that it it turned even more so and continues to um and after the last year we've had i think more and more people are yes i yeah, agree with that too right. the thing that we have to be careful of i remember i first ran for office back in 1984 I was 27 years old ran against a democrat and came close and the Democrat Party came to me and said, you ought to run as a Democrat. Yeah, yeah. Well, the same thing, I believe, is happening today. We've got Democrats mm-hmm. who know they can't get elected as a Democrat, and they're running as Republicans. I agree with that. And we have to do a better job vetting that just mm-hmm. because someone knows how to say Republican or GOP mm-hmm. yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that they need to be elected on our ticket. Or can say, cut taxes and not mean it. Exactly. <laughs> or right. cut, cut government. Because my, that's my big thing. If you want to cut taxes, cut government. Right. Yeah. And if you cut government, you'll cut taxes. That, that's what I said. Um, you know, everyone keeps saying, let's get rid of the income tax. That's great. And I'm not against it. But we have more than income tax here. And when you get rid of income tax and you raise property tax or, or you start taxing sales on services that haven't been taxed in decades, then that's not really a tax cut. Well, taxing things that have never been taxed yeah I mean, that's that's how they're whenever i um heard one of the representatives speak i won't say who and they talked about uh, ending the income tax they specifically said that the way they would do it is to tax services uh-huh. that had not been taxed well then that's not a tax cut for the end user the, the to my fellow the republicans if they ever say to you revenue neutral run Run away from them, all right? Because all that means is playing the the walnut game. Yeah, you know where you put the pea under the walnut mm-hmm. uh, and you, you move it around. You just move it around. Yeah, the pea is still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you just move it somewhere else, or there may be a hole in the table. Yeah. In fact, and you know the most unconscionable uh, attempt that I've seen, my opponent Matt Pitch, when he was in the state legislature, wanted to tax the mileage that you drive on your personal car. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. Had a bill to do that. That is nothing but a nanny state type uh, attempt. You know where that started at? Oregon. Yeah. 
Now, you want to talk about a blue state? You talk about Oregon. Right. Wow. And for people who don't think things that get going over on the coast that doesn't end up here, you're wrong. This is exactly where it ends up well, at. And that's the, you know, with all this migration that's going on, California. It scares me. Californians to Texas, uh, those from New York to Florida, if they will leave their politics in those states, California, New York, that oh, but they fine. don't. But they're not, Mm-mm. and it's it, it's making states like Texas more purple. Yes. That's why they call Absolutely. it Texafornia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, seriously, they call and it Texafornia. Watch out for that as well. In Arkansas, is make sure that we don't just grab at the first little shiny uh, uh, candidate that comes along, comes from another state, another region. And now, look, I know that Kim lived in Texas. Yes, and, I did, and, and she understands what I'm going to say. You go to Texas, you're going to run into a lot of conservative people. But when you get to Austin or you get to to Houston, right. you won't find those same people. Yeah. I have a cousin that lives in Houston, and he, he says the same thing. He says they've migrated here from California because they're escaping a Democratic state. But then when they get there, they vote. Want to bring it with them. They yeah. vote the same right. way. Yeah. And so uh, Houston, he's lived there his entire life, and he is two years So he's 55, and he has really seen it change dramatically and not for the obviously for the worst all right kim uh let's see it's house district uh, 56 yes sir all right let's let me just ask this of you let you lay it out for us i'm sure you got a push card somewhere but the bottom line <laughs> is what do you stand for what is it that you want to do if you're elected to be uh, a state representative well one of the main things is when i when i first decided to run i've never ran for office before i'm 53 years old I just felt like now is the time that our government needs people like myself that's really anti-government almost. I mean, not completely, not to the like a libertarian not standpoint. Not an anarchist. But no, 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 no. But just <laughs> a government for the people and not for big businesses and things like that. Not shutting down small businesses during the epidemic. That just really shocked me. And I wanted to use my talent. So one of the things that I want to do is I have 25 years of running small businesses in different states. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, my opponent said that, you know, he's a lifelong Arkansan. Well, I think I have a good insight because I lived in two different states and ran a business. This is the this is the most expensive state I've ever lived and ran a small business by far. And so one of the things I want to do is take a really good look at the Arkansas budget and see where we can um, really cut because you cannot cut taxes until you cut the budget. That's exactly right. And as a small business owner, I understand budget and I understand, you know, payroll and things like that. And so I want to take a really hard look at our budget. We have one of the highest budgets um, per capita in the country uh, for our state. And so I'm absolutely certain that there's a lot of cuts that can be made. And uh, I think that that's the first step that we need to do in order to lower taxes. But the other thing I want to do is just stand up for the Republican platform. Um, I've... The, again, the main reason that I ran is because I would vote Republican over and over and over again, and then and then I would watch how they would vote not Republican, and I would get so angry. I mean, I've gotten so angry over the past four to six years seeing that, and I just decided to stand up and, and do something about it, and so um, here I am. So I've... Um, I'm I'm a I'm a warrior. I'm pretty feisty. <laughs> I'm running a scrappy little campaign, and uh, so I'm ready to go in there and uh, vote and not really uh, care about if I upset lobbyists or anything like that. I haven't taken one dime from lobbyists 
or for for that very reason i've I've actually refused it um because i want to be the people's candidate and that's the main thing that i'm running for is just to represent the people because for years and years and years i have felt like i did not have representation in government for the folks that are tuning in and they're hearing district 56 explain to them where district 56 is it is the north and east part of Conway, and it's a little bit outside the city limits of Conway towards Valonia. Uh, Rooster Road is the cutoff there, so and it also encompasses Beaver Fork Lake. Okay, so that's the district. It's a pretty small a district. Nice area, though. Yes, mm-hmm. it really is nice area. That's that's over towards Stephen Meeks, isn't it? Yes, uh huh. Right. Uh, if you get on the other side of Rooster Road, you're in Stephen Meeks territory. All right. Mm-hmm. So we've got some. We've had some very good people over in that area, and I uh, hope that we'll keep doing that. And uh, we've got uh, people running for this uh, House uh, 56 now. And hopefully, as you listen to Kim, uh, she's going to try to resonate with you on the air here today. Mark Lowry's here as well. And we're going to take a break. And then, Mark, when we come back, I'm going to ask you why you're running for treasurer. All right. We'll talk about that here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll be back with more. We got a whole lot to talk about here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 1011 FM, The Answer. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. We're just talking during the break, <laughs> you know. I won't say what we were talking about, but we were talking. I wish I should just do a show of breaks. Of breaks. <laughs> I, I, I'm looking at Heidi and she's shaking her head. The no. Like, no, 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 no. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I understand. I mean, look, I've been here now 23 years, you know, fighting the fight for the Republicans. And I have Republicans now that fight against me because they, they'll say, well, you bring on people who don't like the, the Republican line. And I said, well, I don't like the Republican line at, some, at times. You, you've done it wrong. And you know, what do you mean? I said, don't follow the platform. You don't follow the platform. You're not Republican at that point. Absolutely. You know, right. you might as well call yourself an independent. So anyway, we get into this kind of stuff. Mark Lowry, you know I have the utmost respect for you. Well, thank you. As a state legislator, you did a fantastic job. You and Mark Johnson fought for election integrity. Mm-hmm. You have fought for integrity in our school systems. You've done a great job. And now you want to, and I'm going to be, I'm, I'm, I'm always honest on my show. I'm going to say this. I've tried to talk him out of, have I not tried to talk you out of running for a constitutional office? Uh, I don't believe you have. Yes, but I maybe have. In your, maybe <laughs> yes, in your mind. Yes, I did. <laughs> I told you. I told you. I didn't tell him. I. It's when I would ask him the questions. Are you sure you don't want to stay a state representative? Well, I appreciate that because I just we need people like you on the state representative side fighting for the cause. Absolutely. We really, really do. But you've made your choice, and that's fine. <clears throat> why? Why treasure? Well, I think because of the things that you've mentioned and, and even some of the conversation we've had during the break about following the Republican platform, I'm very proud that uh, Conduit for Action said that I'm a hero of the platform because of all the accountability standards that I have pushed for in education, government, cutting taxes. Uh, but uh, the opposite is my opponent, who Conduit also says uh, has voted against the platform consistently. Uh, you know, these guys uh, that come up with ideas of, well, here's a new thing we can tax. To, uh, 2013, when he was a legislator, filed a bill. Matt Pitch did a filed a bill to tax mileage on your personal car. 
Well, that's just that's just going too far. That's trying to find uh, tax dollars, taking them out of your pockets. And yet here we are. We're sitting with a $1.2 billion reserve fund. We're going to have a $1 billion one-year surplus. And yet we're really not talking about how to keep that money in the pockets of our Kansans. And I think that that's why I'm running for treasurer. We need a voice for that. I'm going to be, I would be serving on the board of finance with the director of uh, uh, DFA, representative from the governor's office, uh, plus citizens that have been appointed. And I'm going to use the office as a bully pulpit to say that, listen, we're doing good. The investments are great. We're in great position, but we've got too much money in reserves, and we need to not do a gradual cut in income taxes. We need to look at taxes that be, can be cut immediately, and I'd start with the, the used car tax. I don't think that we should be taxing something that has already been Absolutely. taxed. It was taxed when it was new, and just because it's changing ownership is not a reason for us to continue to tax, and it mo- that most affects middle-income and lower-middle-income people who are buying used cars Mm -hmm. and not being able to pay their sales tax. Okay, I'm listening Mm -hmm. to you talking over there, Kim. Evidently, you agree with that. You're agreeing with that as well. Absolutely. I mean, you can have the same vehicle taxed 20 times, and and it doesn't, and it especially affects the the lower-income folks that are buying the car and and maybe, you know, $2,000 is is all they have and then have to, you know, pay a couple hundred more in taxes on it or, or whatever it is. And, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Right. We had an opportunity to raise the threshold to $8,000 that any, any vehicle that sells for less than $8,000, you don't have to pay sales tax. The house, I believe, if I remember correctly, it was uh, representative John Payton's bill. We passed it, but the Senate refused to budge. And so we ended up with a $4,000 threshold. Good luck. If you can find a decent used car well, yeah. for $4,000. So all you have to do is drive down the streets of Little Rock or Conway, and you'll see cars with paper tags, temporary paper tags, six months, nine months or more old. Because they can't afford the sales Because tax. they can't afford the sales tax. And more than likely, they also did not buy the liability insurance on that car. So that's why then the rest of us are vulnerable have to have mm-hmm. uninsured and underinsured motorist coverage because people are not being able to afford the sales tax and to properly be driving on the streets. Yeah, just the way that's the way it works, and uh, it's it's crazy. I mean, I have problems that you buy a brand new car and you're going to pay taxes on it for how long? How many years? I've got a car that's. 13 years old mm-hmm. and I'm billed every every yeah. year right taxes I mean it's not as, it's not that much anymore but I'm still being t- charged taxes for right. it and that's that's the thing I was talking about living in Texas you know we don't pay personal property tax on cars and here you not only cars but my husband has trailers because he um you know hauls things and so forth you can pay taxes on those and um in in Texas a business doesn't pay taxes on your desk and your art on the wall but you do here it's it's very we're taxed to death here is what yeah, we are absolutely well, i was going to say that the sales tax on used cars is a blue law being that it's old but it was also passed by blue people mm-hmm. you know democrats that's a bill clinton law in fact it cost him the office of governor when he tried to run for a re-election if i'm not um, mistaken and frank white won that time mm-hmm. so uh, 
you know, we didn't like it then. We still don't like it now. And mm-hmm. we got enough red to take care of it. But well, yet it, real sta- red. it stays there. Right. You know, it just continues to stay there. Mm-hmm. And I think what Kim just said, do we have real red? Real red. You know, you know, Dave, that I tried hard mm-hmm. to pass a bill to ban the teaching of the 1619 Project and yep. critical race theory. Yep. And we could not get, I could not get the banning of the 1619 Project even out of committee with 17 Republicans out of 20. So I'm running for treasurer because I think we need a true conservative voice in mm-hmm. that office, a fiscal conservative who understands it's not being fiscal conservative to vote, as my opponent did in 2019, for seven out of seven tax increases. Well, it's been crazy on some of the things that the Republican Party has not gotten rid of in this state. Do you remember Kim Hendren? Yeah. When he uh, tried to get rid of Howard Zinn and his book, that his history book? It's a piece of trash. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. It's a piece of trash. It's not true. And they tried to get rid of it, and Republicans stood for it. I guess they got their marching orders from their superintendents. That's all I can figure. I, I, I don't understand it. Well, that's what happened in, in my case. Is superintendents told legislators, oh, we're not teaching critical race theory. It's oh, of not course in our not. schools. But it is in their schools. We may call it, it something else. They call it they something call else. It. <laughs> and that's exactly what the Democrats did with, you know, global warming. Now, that didn't, that didn't resonate. Now. So now they yeah. have to change it to climate change. <laughs> but it's the same bogus science. Yeah. Same thing here. They're calling it diversity, equity, inclusion, and being able to lie to legislators and say, we're not teaching any of these divisive concepts. Well, they are. And, you know, that's certainly outside the purview of the treasurer. But I'm going to use my office as a bully pulpit. As soon as I'm elected, Good. I'm going to continue to go to the same groups and the festivals and everything that I've been doing as a candidate and listen to the people of Arkansas yeah. and hopefully be able to have the ear of legislators because of the work I've done there for five terms. And uh, and I, I know they hear from their constituents too, but I can maybe be able to gather information that they're not hearing in their district. Uh, from the people elsewhere, from the people and the rest the of the state that's exactly right yeah i got i got a little over 60 seconds here before we got to go to the bottom of the hour break kim what are people bending your ear about right now oh um that's a southern phrase by the way the vaccine <laughs> mandates the mask okay. mandates um what they're teaching in schools i've had a lot of parents uh, contact me about what they're teaching in schools um, that's why I support a lot of the school school board candidates that are running in my district or in my not my district but my area and my community. So, but most I would say their freedoms. A lot of I've had a lot of people come up to me and say I don't care about tax cuts. I care about losing my job because I won't take a vaccine. Or and you know even though we the federal government uh, you know the Supreme Court we had that ruling there are still. Um, companies that are are deciding to do this and i understand that that's their that's their right but um but some but they want people to stand up for them for their freedoms they don't want to lose their job just because they won't get uh, a vaccine that's only been out a year all right the gauntlet has been thrown down in this half hour we'll pick it up and throw it down again and double down on it when we come back here on the dave ellswick show kim slaughter is here she's running for House District 56, and Mark Lowry is here. He's running for the Treasurer's Office, State of Arkansas. We'll ask him some more questions. You got a question? 501 823 0965. All right, back. 
Dave Ellswick Show. We've got another 25 minutes. Okay, so let's get into the really the, the super crux of all of this. Uh, people that are running for office and things of that nature. Uh, Kim, name a couple of things that you think have really the ball has been dropped and it needs to be picked up and, you know, you need to make sure that it gets done if you're elected to this this uh, this office. School choice. Okay. Um, just hearing Mark talk about it and hearing uh, Heather Beach is a really good friend of mine. Um, love Heather. And she has really uh, informed me a lot about what's going on with school choice. And I think that is is where we, we one thing that we've really, really dropped the ball on is school choice and um, and not not standing up for the small businesses in, in Arkansas, shutting them down when we when we had the pandemic. And uh, I mean, I still have friends that own because, you know, I've owned a small business in for over 25 years. I still have friends that are still paying off loans not government loans because they couldn't get those but bank loans to try to survive through it um so i think i think we've basically dropped the ball in general by not representing the people and representing politics that's that's what i feel has because i'm not a politician i'm a voter i'm running because i'm a frustrated voter so when i hear you guys talk about things from the inside i think i've been over here screaming as a voter mm-hmm. and no one's listened to me and that's why I'm running. And that's why I'm so glad that you're doing what you're doing because you you're trying to listen to the voters, but it's hard when you don't have the support of everybody else in the house and the Senate and things like that. So that's basically where I think we've done. Why do you think people get elected and then they decide not to follow through and do what the voters ask. Oh, that's easy because they're influenced by the wrong reasons. They're not influenced by the people. And, you know, and, and, and I can see how it is an uphill battle. Um, you know, I've tried to write campaigns cost money. And when I first started this, I thought, no, money doesn't win elections. Votes win elections. Not true. <laughs> exactly. I've, <laughs> I've learned that the hard way. What, what do I always say, Mark? <laughs> You've heard this a lot of times from me. Money is the mother's milk of politics. Yeah, I see that now. I see that now. And and that's that's sad, you know, um, that, that money controls it. And so if you want to know why people don't vote the way that, that we want them to vote is because they're in, being influenced by money. And the people that have the money are the are the, the small percentage. They're not the everyday folks. They're the businesses. They're, like you were saying, the superintendents uh, and so forth like that. So that's... That's uh, that's why. I mean, that's 100 percent why. And I have I have been committed to not taking any money from lobbyists so that I can truly represent the people. And I have raised a fraction of the amount that my opponent has raised. And I have spent over fifteen thousand of my own money uh, in this election. So I, I understand it. But when that's the reason I'm doing it is because when I get into the House, I want to vote for the people and I won't owe I'm not for sale and I won't owe anyone anything. So I'm trying to prove that it doesn't, that money doesn't win elections and we'll see uh, after the 24th. Okay. So Mark, <laughs> you're running for treasurer, not the sexy office out there. When you talk about constitutional offices, so right. typically people look at governor's race and they look at the attorney general's race because you know that, People say AG stands for almost governor. So, you know, you got all those things going on. You know, 
how difficult is it to get people to pay attention? I mean, just to pay attention about why what you're running for is important. Well, it is a challenge. And, uh, you know, Talk Business just put out polls on all the constitutional officers. And uh, all I can say in our in my race is I'm glad that Undecided does not have a campaign because it's leading the ticket right now. And, it, and it's not unexpected. Uh, neither Mr. Pitch or myself have run for statewide office before, so we don't have statewide name ID. But, uh, you know, I, I think uh, the message that I've been taking resonates with, uh, I mean, every group I've spoken to. I've, I've really felt like if I could retail politic, uh, which is really pretty difficult uh, in, in a statewide race, yeah. this wouldn't even be close. Because when I start talking about uh, politicians needing to get outside, uh, you know, in Washington, they call it the, the beltway. This is what's happening with our legislature is that they are in this echo chamber in Little Rock and they may go to pie suppers or chili suppers or whatever Possum. back in their community. <laughs> but I don't know that they're really asking uh, the constituents. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me, am I good, doing a good job? Am I following the party platform? Am I doing the things that I told you I would do when you voted for me? And so that's what I'm pledging to do. And, and I just really believe people want a true fiscal conservative in that office, whether I will ever, I won't have a vote in the legislature, but they need someone in Little Rock talking about cutting taxes, cutting the size of government. That's why I've already said that I will immediately call for a 15% reduction in the number of employees in the treasurer's office. Um, that can be easily done. Right now, there are two deputy treasurers. You don't need two deputy treasurers, so I would just have one. You don't need a legal counsel because the attorney general's office represents constitutional offices. So there's two positions right there out of the four that I would talk about cutting. We need that kind of pledge from every constitutional officer. We need that pledge from every state agency that they would cut uh, the size of their offices, size of government, and then we can really talk about cutting taxes. Okay, so name recognition, yes. you've kind of referred to yeah. this, is really important. How do you try to get your mm-hmm. name out so that when people hear treasurer, they think, oh, yeah, Mark Lowry? Right. Well, uh, you know, we, we've done a mail-out, uh, one, and we're going to do another one. Uh, you know, I, I benefit also, frankly, from the fact that there is a famous Christian comedian named Mark Lowry. And I get asked about that all the time. You know, people jokingly ask, so do you sing and tell jokes? Yeah, I'll catch you. And I said, well, I can. Uh, but I certainly am not gifted enough to write a song like Mary Did You Know. But that that helps me in name ID. Uh, I have learned that there's a, a quite a few pockets of Lowry's around the state who are well-respected people in their own community. So, I, so thank you to all those Lowry's that none of them are infamous uh, I probably maybe the only infamous one because of some of the attacks uh, that have been made on me. But but I think uh, people are ready for a, a fresh voice, someone who understands and has read the party platform and adheres to it. All right. So, Kim, I just how, have a really how about cool, you? I have a cool, I have a super cool last name. That's yeah. <laughs> so so what are you doing to get your name out? I mean, Lots, used to be signs and stuff like oh, that. Everything, all the above. I've sent out three postcards. I've uh 
I own a social media company, so I've done tons and tons of social media. So you know this part of the business. Yes, yes. Um, Like the back of my hand. So I've... uh, I've done tons of social media, not just ads, but um, I make probably five, six, seven posts a day. I've got over, I think, 20, don't quote me on this, but I think I have 2,300 fans and I start from zero in November. Um, so I have people sharing. So I've, I mean, I have people in Little Rock saying, oh my gosh, I see your campaign the most on, on Facebook. Um, because I'm really, really out there. Um, I have done the signs. I think, I think, um, Linda Hargis is the only one that has more signs than me in Conway. She's running for school board. Love her. Um, but uh, yeah, all, all the above. I have a marketing company, so. So how much? How 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 much do you think it's important? It's nearly impossible for Mark, running for a state mm-hmm. office, to knock on every Arkansan's front door. Yeah, that's impossible. However, for you. There, if you've got people that will work with you, there is a possibility you can reach out and touch voters more readily than he could. How do you do that? Well, I've been door knocking almost every day, um, all all day long on the weekends. I've been door knocking. I've I might spend a little bit more time than I should there, but I think it's important. A lot of people have invited me in to sit down and talk and and made me something to drink. You know, um, I think that it's important. And when you spend that kind of time with the people, um, you not only get their vote, but they will go out and tell everybody else. I mean, I've literally had people call me the next day and say, hey, can I do a uh neighborhood barbecue for you or mm-hmm. one lady said hey i want to invite all my friends over that live on my street can you you know come up in fact tonight i'm going to something like that with a, with someone that wanted to put on an event like that for me so um i've just been trying to not just knock on the door and say hey vote for me but knock on the door and really have a conversation i've had a lot of them reach out to me and say you know kim we we hate to admit this but we haven't done our homework who are you voting for and they'll ask me all the way from the governor's race down to the school board. And um, and I'll answer their questions and tell them why. And um, so, yeah, I think that's critical. You can't be the people's candidate if you're not meeting the people. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. A lot of it is viral. I, I had a friend of mine tell me yesterday that his sister is part of a group of ladies who walk together for exercise. And they, they have conversations. And uh, uh, she said, you know, who, who should I, who should we be voting for? And he mentioned my name to her. And so he told me, he said, you've got 10 ladies mm-hmm. that are voting for you. And those are the kinds of things I've been very active yeah. on, on social media. Every time I go to a part of the state, I, I, I post Facebook pictures with, with uh, folks there in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and it becomes viral. Yeah. Uh, my gosh, I, I had a, a, a post yesterday. <clears throat> We posted a visual of my uh, mailer, and uh, one lady, who I don't know that I've ever met, shared it to 40 different Facebook sites. Wow. Yeah. And to individuals, friends of there, hers. There are some people out there ready to be warriors because they're, they're, they're like yeah. me. They've had enough. And They've so, had enough. They're worried mm-hmm. about what's happening, happening in Washington, what's happening at our borders, and what's happening in Little Rock. And they're energized, yeah. and, uh, and and that's what's going to win the day. I've had a lot of events, too. I put on a ton of events. Um, so, in fact, you were <coughs> at one of my events. Yeah. I had a Meet the Candidates event where the candidates just came. They didn't, they didn't give speeches. They answered questions from the crowd, and it was a chili cook-off. 
and we had that event that I had a freedom event. Um, in fact, I have another event May 14th. It's called uh, uh, America in Black and White, Setting the Record Straight. Um, and it's going to have uh, Thurlow Cobb and Iverson Jackson are my guest speakers. So um, I put on a lot of events to try to educate uh, folks because it's more, you know, to me, it's more than just knocking on doors and saying, hey, vote for me. It's about educating them about what the issues are and exactly what people are trying to do to change those things. All right. We got to take a final break. Okay. And Mark, I'll come back. You'll get the first question when I come back here on the Dave Ellswick show. 13 minutes till 10. We're running out of time, but we got more questions when we return here on the Dave Ellswick show. Back with you. We've got eight minutes remaining here in this hour. Our guest, again, Mark Lowry is here, state representative, at least for a few more months, and then hoping to uh, take up the mantle and run holding the Republican banner for treasurer. I believe if he wins the uh, this runoff that uh, as far as the primary, that he'll be the next treasurer of the state of Arkansas. And uh, we'll be up at the Capitol. Then we got uh, Kim Slaughter here as well. She's running for District 56 in the State House. And uh, that's, you said, up in the northeast side? North, mm-hmm, north and east side of Conway and okay. Fork Lake. All right. Mm-hmm. So keep those, keep those uh, areas in mind. And uh, I, we've covered a lot of distance already in this hour. Uh, we've got this last few moments. So I think what I'd like to do is I'll start with Mark. And, Mark, I'm going to just kind of give it to you for a couple of moments. And you tell us what you want the voters to, to know before they go to vote. Open, open voting is on now. It's right, going. Right. started yesterday. Well, I think that the the thing that voters know about me is that that I'm not a go-along-to-get-along Republican. I, you know, I'm a Republican through and through. Years ago, when the Democrat Party, back when I was 27, wanted me uh, to switch and run as a Democrat instead of a Republican, I said, well, for one thing, there's no way I can sign that loyalty oath that says that I support abortion. And they said to me, oh, well, we've got candidates uh, that sign the loyalty oath, and they don't, they don't keep that. I said, well, then that's another problem. Because mm-hmm. if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And that's what I've done in the legislature, standing up for homeschooling, standing up for parents who want true school choice, uh, standing up for accountability in higher education. And that's why the American Conservative Union has given me a Conservative Achievement Award. That's why the American Family Association, when they looked at the two candidates in this race, they rated me as a conservative. They rated my opponent as the only moderate running statewide. Uh, and then also Arkansas Right to Life endorsed me in this campaign because they know that I've stood up for life and that I'll stand up for, for principles like that, uh, including really being a fiscal conservative. You know, we, we should have reserves. There's no doubt about that. But I don't know yeah, how we, much. Yes. Yeah. Certainly not as much as we have now. And I don't think we should be going around the state crowing, as my opponent does, that he was – you know, in the room when when our reserve policy was developed, it's at one point two billion dollars now. That's too much, especially when we're looking at a one billion dollar surplus in this fiscal year. So we have to be crafting ideas uh, to make sure. You know, one one uh, gentleman at a meeting the other day said, I, "Well, you know, I don't mind uh, if the state takes money from me as long as they refund it." And I said, "I, I disagree with that." I think we need to be figuring out 
how to keep that money in your pocket in the first place. If not, we're becoming a nanny state where we're saying that we know better how your money should be spent. And I just don't know that we have proactively, uh, with a supermajority legislature, a governor, Republican governor for the last eight years, I really don't know that we've been proactive in making sure that our Kansans are doing better and not the coffers of state government. Okay. So, Kim? Well, I I have a question. Can I ask? Am I allowed to ask y'all? Sure. Go. So here's my question, and and it came up from a post that my friend that's a business owner posted yesterday. He's looking for people to work for him, and he said that he's tired of candidates saying they're going to create jobs. We don't need jobs. We need workers. What is it? You know, I'm not a seasons politician, so what is it that you guys think that we can do to create workers and not and fill those positions because that's the problem. More jobs isn't the problem. The problem is workers to fill those jobs. Well, I think one of the problems is is that we've pushed so much uh, high school graduates going to college. Not everybody's cut out for college. And with Pell Grants and student loans, I don't know that there's enough advising telling those students that they can never get rid of that student loan. They have to pay it off. They just see it as free money. Mm -hmm. And so they go to college, they stay there five, six years, or more, never receive a certificate, never receive uh, a diploma, and they're not any more qualified to work than they were when they first came out of high school. So we have changed. I I was the lead sponsor of the outcomes-based funding model for higher education, that they should be funded based on their success, not on their enrollment. Are they succeeding in getting students to graduate so that they're ready for the workforce? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't know that we've really done enough to make sure that our young people, uh, who we really need, need to depend on in this next generation, that they're prepared to work. Okay, Kim, don't, don't miss out now. you got two minutes. Go. Well, that, what do you want to say? That's the one thing that I want to try to focus on, too. How do, we, how do we create more workers? How do we, I mean, how do we really help small businesses? Small businesses make up 80% of our workforce in Arkansas. And I know this is the most expensive state that I've ever ran a business. And so I want to see how we can support small businesses and uh, have, have legislation in place that will help them find workers, not you know, we have jobs that aren't being filled right now. So that's, you know, that's something to me that's a concern. Basically, the bottom line is um, I'm a people's candidate. I want to represent the people because I've been sitting in the shadows voting for years and not feeling represented. And that's why I'm running. That is the bottom line to my campaign is that I want to be a strong Christian conservative um, that will represent the people. All right. We're down to just a few moments left. I need to have your uh, address as far as your Facebook or uh, where people can go and find out about issues and things of that nature. So my website is kimforhouse.com. If you go under the about section, there's a there's a section called convictions and you can read all kinds of stories about what I've done, including support uh, students that don't want to go to college. I, I did something a couple years ago on that. Um, you can also go to my Facebook uh, page. It's Kim Slaughter for state representative district 56. Um, I make, like I said, several posts today. You can really find out who I am on the inside as a person if you go to those two uh, those two places. All right. Mark? My website is voteonthemark.com. You can go there and you can find all about uh, uh, a lot of what I've done as a state representative, what I hope to do as treasurer, 
And my, I have two Facebook pages. I have my personal page, Mark Lowry, where I post a lot of uh, the community events I've been to, and then Mark Lowry for State Treasurer on Facebook. And I hope those can stay up. I'm, I'm having some dirty trick attempts to hack my Facebook pages. Yeah, so, me too. Uh, so anyway, that's something that's going around. But uh, I would love to hear from the voters, uh, and they can call me uh, to my personal cell phone number. What is it? Well, it's 501-837-5221. It's the same number I've had throughout the legislature, and I've always been the person that answers that phone. All right. My my cell phone number is 501-499-3475. It's on all my mailers. It's on my website. It's everywhere. Um, I don't think I can be the people's candidate without giving you my cell phone. All right. I want to thank both of you for coming here. Thank you. Thank you Let's for see that. Us. Let's see that cup. Yes, this is for you, Dave. Oh, good. <laughs> I love cups. We the people, not we the government. I'll, I'll go along with that. <laughs> I'll definitely go along with that. All right, we're out of time. I've got to get to uh, the top of the hour, get to some news, let you know tomorrow. We'll get underway again at 6 a.m. Uh, French Hill will join us at uh, 7.05, and we'll talk to him from Washington. Uh, Doyle Webb is going to be on at 9 o'clock, and I'll have a lot of things to say in between. It's Dave Ellswick's show. See you tomorrow, 6 a.m. Have a great day. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.